Hey everybody, welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. What's up? <laughs> Just uh, uh, watching S.H.I.E.L.D. And, uh, and I guess right now when I'm not watching S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, tearing through the second season of uh, Sabrina. <laughs> oh, fun. yeah. I keep forgetting that that's out. I'm going to have to watch that. I really enjoyed the first season. Um, I've heard mixed things about the second season. Um, yeah, there have been a couple things already that are like in, uh, we have, we have two episodes left, Nikki and I, and, uh, there've been a couple things that I sort of get why they're doing what they're doing, but it, it comes off or comes across as problematic or insensitive, even though they're like, it's like evil characters are saying the wrong thing, but it's still <laughs> gross. Like, yeah. and like, I don't know. And I, and I understand it's difficult to, 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 to do stuff like that, especially like if you're dealing with like satanic, you know, horror shows, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, what are you supposed to have the bad guys be really nice to the people who are part of, you know, marginalized groups? It, I, I, I get like, it's difficult, but at the same time, I don't know if there was a little more inclusion in, in the creative team, I think maybe be different. And I know that in one instance, like, for this character who is portrayed by a non-binary actor and is playing a, uh, a trans character yeah. that, uh, that their input has been like greatly like involved in how the story has played out and like altered yeah. the trajectory of it. So I do think like there's an earnestness to be a good ally and to be, have like positive representation and, and meaningful representation and not uh, be exploitive. So I think that that has to count for something, but at the same time, it's not without criticism. Like, like I think that that's something that, that is lost a little bit sometimes too lately where, where it's all, it's always like all or nothing, you know? And yeah, this isn't, uh, I don't know, insatiable or something. It's not just like transphobic and fat phobic and hateful and weird and like, and like self-loathing. <laughs> so I feel like it, it's got that for it. When you, if you look at the problematic uh, stuff for teens on Netflix, it's yeah. I feel like it's the lesser of two evils maybe, but I don't know. There's a it's 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 a very frustrating show because the character fucks up constantly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's like they're constantly. Actually, I compared it uh, to well, watching it to uh, our, our theory when we were talking about uh, Westworld, where I feel like uh... might maybe she's as awful. Sabrina is as awful as she is in some some ways because I think like it's a metaphor for white feminism where it's yeah it's very well intentioned but it's just not doing it right <laughs> and i think that's what their characters maybe supposed to be oh interesting it's, oh god our westworld theory i had forgotten about that when is westworld supposed to come back i believe in three years <laughs> like, that's what it seems uh, like it took so long last time and i'm pretty yeah. sure they said like it'll be faster but we still don't care about coming back fast it's like yeah like it's hard to complain because it is so good but at the same time like does it have to take you two years every time <laughs> like, i know so long <laughs> But uh, oh. so that's our uh, preamble. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not quite five <laughs> minutes off off topic, but <laughs> other pop culture and sci-fi shows. A rundown. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. Um. So you can check them out at But Why Though PC on Twitter or their website, But Why Though Podcast.com. And we are super proud to be a part of their community. Um. 
So now that we're going to talk about S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> finally. Yeah, in um, case you is... don't watch Sabrina or care. <laughs> yeah, or care. Or, or Westworld. Uh, but you should. You should watch them. They're great. Um, this is season two, episode 13, titled One of Us, uh, written by Monica Owusu-Breen, who is a veteran writer on the show, and directed by Kevin Tantron, who I believe has had like one other directing gig on shield but he is also the brother of marissa if you didn't catch that (laughs) um originally aired march 17th 2015 so this episode opens up uh we're on coney island in new york and there's a woman in her house and she's eating steak and she has these like crazy things on her hands like these braces and there's a knock on her door and it's Cal, of course, and these two other dudes. And he's like, Carla Faye Gideon, that's your name on the S.H.I.E.L.D. gifted index, which Cal was able to hack with the help of his new friends. And apparently he's collecting gifted people and he's like, we can free you. We will. We're going to take down S.H.I.E.L.D. And she just shuts the door in his face. <laughs> um, but she opens it again and uh, they remove these hand braces and she has scalpel blades for fingernails, which is wild. Um, and Cal wants to teach S.H.I.E.L.D. a lesson. And he's like, are you in? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Because um, S.H.I.E.L.D. has ruined their lives, essentially. So um, back at the playground, Sky is eating grilled cheese with Coulson on the bus <laughs> in the cell still. Um, and she starts talking about how, you know, like, I can control my shaking now. Like, check this out. And she looks at her heart rate and it's like normal. It's like 60 something beats per minute. And she's like, look, like my search for my parents ended so fucked up. And so much of what's happened is like awful and unstable and crazy. And like, I caused one of my friends to get killed. And um, she's like, my point is like, even though all of this is going on, like with me emotionally, I'm still able to keep the shaking under control and I'm calm and I'm, collected and she thinks that's significant and i do too (laughs) Uh, considering what's been going on um may and colson are in his office and they just they're discussing um sky getting a full psych eval because she's they're going to put her on the gifted index and the protocol is that she gets a full psych eval and they're like well who's going to do it we think it shouldn't be someone associated with shield and colson's like well i know who i'd call if it wasn't going to be a thing and may is like it won't be a thing it's fine and she's so she's going to go call andrew which who is that <laughs> we, we, we'll we have had reference to um, this character once before but only once very very yeah. briefly yep um so bobby and simmons are chatting in the lab and they're discussing how interesting sky and Raina's dna are and how like this was always there it was just waiting to be activated and super interesting to to simmons um fitz walks in to get something and simmons just completely ignores him and bobby's like when are you going to talk to him and she's like he lied to me and bobby goes we're spies we lie for a living which was funny because of the previous conversation that hunter and her had with may present in the episode where they went to japan (laughs) um it's funny that Bobby internalized that and is now using that uh, with Simmons. Um, but Simmons just feels betrayed. She's like, science was sacred to us. And he like fudged results uh, and changed things to like help Sky. But he also like kept secrets from us. And that's not cool. So she's pretty sure she, they're not going to reconcile. Um, meanwhile, 
Mac has Hunter locked up in a safe house somewhere, and Hunter is pissed. <laughs> like, he's, like, he finally realizes, like, they have something, like, real going on, and this is, this is great. This is just great. Like, <laughs> he is now locked up in this house, like, like literally handcuffed to a sink in the bathroom. <laughs> um, which I found interesting because like, even he, if he had to pee, like how would he be able to, or even like go number two, like how would he be able to get to the toilet? <laughs> like with his hand handcuffed to the sink. Like that's, that seems like, like you almost thought this out, but not quite <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, it just sucks that, this is where he's at. Um, we go to West Virginia to this university and Andrew, we're assuming, uh, is talking to a student and um, he's kind of like talking to the student about like, you can never really know the human mind. And then he looks over and sees May standing at the bottom of the stairs and he's like, yeah, you can never really know the human mind. <laughs> and um May is there to ask him to evaluate Sky, and they go into his office. And um, apparently, he's worked for Shield in the past, but he's not happy about it. He doesn't like working for Shield. And May explains that it's a new Shield. Like Fury is no longer in charge. Coulson's the director now, and they're different now. And he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, great." Um, so he said he agrees to do it, but he has he has conditions. He says that his duty is to Sky as his patient. And it is not to shield. So she's going to be getting a copy of everything. And um, that's kind of it. He wants this to be a very like patient-centered experience. And we find out that this is May's ex-husband. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the only other time we've heard mention was in a, when they were all doing their new orientation from uh, Koenig at the end of the last yeah. se season. Uh, and they only light the darkness. Yeah, they ask. I think they show they show like the full orientation for Sky, but they only show the questions where they ask her name, and she says, you know, May, and he says, I call her. She says Brown, and he says, Have you ever married? She says once. Yeah, and that's it. And they cut. So like that's all we hear. Yeah, up until this point. Yeah, so, you know what though? I think that her and Bobby had a conversation too, where about exes. Yeah, yeah. She didn't specify husband or Andrew, but she did. They they did have a talk about exes. Mm, so yeah. you're right. There've been a few <laughs> few hints here at Andrew leading up to to this moment. But yeah, um, and it's funny because apparently May's mom. So Andrew tried to call May when Shield fell, and she was just like, "It was a busy time." I never, so she obviously never called him back, um, which kind of tracks for her uh, communication issues. Um, so he called her mom to see if she was okay, and she like invited him over for dinner. And May's like, "Yeah, um, she never forgave me for divorcing you." <laughs> which I mean, it is Blair Underwood. Which if you're if you grew up at all in the yeah. '80s or early '90s, like he was on LA Law and whatnot, and was like super sexy dude and yeah. still at still. this point on shield <laughs> good looking dude yeah like he's not like whatever young you know star of a tv show anymore for whatever for whatever reason i think he probably could be but <laughs> but yeah uh he's he, you could you could see why from I, I feel like he's he's charming he's good looking he seems he seems like a genuinely good dude like you can see yeah. why may's mom and why may yeah. liked him yeah, and he's super intelligent too, and like mm -hmm. cares about. Yeah, like really good so. at what he does. Yeah, but yeah. So welcome to the show, <laughs> Andrew Garner. 
Oh, man. Um, so Cal and his new team are in an RV driving around and they're breaking into this psych hospital, which this can't be good. <laughs> like, clearly they're going to collect more uh, gifted people. Um, at the playground, Andrew Garner returns with May and Coulson greets him warmly. Um and they have a really nice conversation. And, uh, but he gets a phone call about the break-in. Um, and in Coulson's office, he's kind of debriefing Bobby because they're going to go on this mission together to figure out what's going on. And he mentions that Hunter didn't report in. And Bobby says, well, maybe it's because he was offered a permanent position. You know, him and permanent don't really go together. And Coulson's like, okay. But you can tell that he doesn't buy it. Like he knows something else is up. <laughs> Colson's spy senses. Um, Fitz, in the meantime, is amazed that May was married. And he's just like, wow. Um, and Simmons, during this time, is giving Andrew a very extreme debrief of Sky. She mentions that, uh, you know, if she gets out of control, you can give her a tranquilizer. And Andrew's like, okay, okay, like, that's fine. Thank you, Dr. Simmons. <laughs> but God, Simmons is still in this like weird mental state that like this guy's dangerous which i mean granted like if we weren't watching this show from the perspective that we're watching it and this was like real life like i probably would agree with simmons but we know who sky is like she's not going to do anything bad on purpose <laughs> well no and i do and i do feel like i think that's the part that's a little bit tricky is the one reason why i think she wouldn't be quite this way is because she does know her mm-hmm. pretty well but Still, like you at least understand the fear, if nothing else. It's it's slightly exaggerated, and I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say like she doesn't become like a seething bigot. <laughs> like, it's not, yeah, it's not like <laughs> like the rest of the series, they're, which we, they're both are just like screw you. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that'd be an amazingly frustrating dynamic. Oh God, I would not be able to handle that. I'm glad they didn't go that route. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just. I just, we just, I just don't like this side of Simmons. <laughs> like, it needs to stop. Um, uh, so uh, May is like, look, I should probably go talk to Skye before you walk in because she's not going to be happy. She'll probably have things to say. And she is right. Uh, Skye is not happy. She's like, look, I've been through all this before. I grew up in the system and I know that I hate this part. Like, it's stupid. I don't want to do this. And May's like, well, I think you'll like this shrink um because i was married to him and the whole the next scene immediately is sky asking andrew about their marriage and their wedding she's like did you guys elope what kind of wedding did you guys have uh she does she like talk to you like because she doesn't talk like (laughs) and andrew is like you're deflecting um but he he realizes that maybe sky is afraid that she's gonna lose her ability to be an agent because of this and sky's like yeah that's that's probably right and so he kind of gives her um a little he gives her a little info and he's like look we eloped um we didn't go to vegas even though may loves vegas and he starts to ask her like what does it feel like when it's happening and sky says it's terrifying so he gets a little info because he gave a little info (laughs) um at the psych hospital, Colson and Bobby see Cal on the security footage, and he's, like, waving at them and the camera. And uh, we find out that the index prisoners were kept in the sub-basement of the psych hospital, and uh, it's really bad that Cal came here and potentially let people out. Um, so they're wandering around in the sub-basement, and Bobby takes down this very big dude, and Colson's like, 
impressed. He's like, wow, that was great. <laughs> and um, he starts talking. They go into the cell that is empty and it says fight on in like like spray paint on the wall. Um, and Coulson's like, yeah, I know this was Cal. Um, and he mentions this guy named Angar who can make people catatonic with a whisper. And it's like, now this dude is free. This is bad. Um, and Cal and his team are going to Wisconsin. And they're like, uh, Carla's like, why are we going here? And why, why did we leave? And Cal's like, well, S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to come to us, um, which is interesting. Uh, at the playground, uh, May and Andrew are in the kitchen chatting and laughing, and Andrew is teasing May about her cooking abilities. Apparently, she can't cook. <laughs> and um, Fitz was, like, watching all this happen, and he decides to go use the microwave uh, where in the room that Simmons is in. And he's like, it's so weird. Like, they're, like, chatting and laughing, and, and um, apparently May isn't a good cook. And Simmons is like, something agent may doesn't excel at very interesting but she's like delighted that andrew makes her laugh and it's clear that they still like each other she's like did you see how he looks at her and how she looks at him and it's really cute that her and fitz are like kind of reconciling their relationship over this <laughs> well one of the lines she even has is like she's like oh you know you can just see like blah 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 you you, you can see how, how the way she uh you, you know she still you know looks at him and he looks at her that uh, you, you know, maybe it's going to rekindle yeah. you know, something they lost between them. And it's like very, very obvious. It's like not not like annoyingly hammy obvious, but it is very much like it's a parallel for what is happening yes. in that moment to <laughs> them. And and I think it's it work it it, it 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 works because I don't know they're not at that point yeah. yet. You know, she just she's not anywhere near realizing any sort of romantic relationship with Fitz because where she's she was left off but they are starting to rekindle their relationship yeah. their connection and friendship which is like a huge part of both their lives and it's very yeah. very sweet and and also silly because she because they're such nerds that she's like narrating their own existence and has no idea I know <laughs> well I think it's just really charming how how much of a hopeless romantic Simmons is and then here she like is not ready for a romantic relationship with someone she clearly has like a connection with um, when she describes you know <laughs> I think accurately describes um Garner and May as opposites which is true but yeah the, but the way she describes their relationship before that is is about how being opposites makes them complementary. Which, while I would never describe Fitz and Simmons as opposites, they are very complementary. Like, and, and yeah. I feel like it's another way where like she's not realizing, yeah, how much it parallels <laughs> what she's saying. And like like you point out, like that she is this hopeless romantic, and it's not in the same way. But so is Fitz, and it's like it's just yes, gosh, damn it, <laughs> the way things go for those two. <laughs> <laughs> just get together man and stay together <laughs> and not have everything go wrong all the time <laughs> i know um so simmons is kind of looking at uh her computer in the lab and they're still chatting and sky starts to shake the bus in her sleep and she's like oh my god it's sky get um dr garner and agent may and let's go so they run to the bus and she's asleep and they're like trying to wake her up, but she's able to stop it after she wakes up. And then um, Andrew decides to stay and he sends everyone away so that they can um, have a, a session alone. Um, on the Quinjet, Bobby and Hunter are discussing Cal's new crew, which I will let you get into in the comics connection section because <laughs> it's real weird. Yeah. Um, um, 
<laughs> a couple of them in particular are from the comics, but in general, they're just a band of superpowered weirdos that he has freed who uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. had had uh, under lock and key, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Coulson decides to confront Bobby about Hunter in this moment, and he's like, how long were you two sleeping together? And Bobby's like, oh my god, is this really the time to have this conversation? Um, and then Coulson gives this speech about how, you know, it's really helpful when you're trying to solve a problem. He's like, we're stuck here until we can figure out where Cal is gone. Um, so let's talk about something else and let my unconscious work on this problem in the meantime. Um, so Bobby mentions that she broke it off and that's probably why Hunter left and Mac has been looking for him and history repeats itself again. Um, and this word, history, causes Coulson to figure out where they've gone. <laughs> um, apparently, uh, history and the fight on message in the in the psych hospital um, uh, lead to Coulson realizing that they're going to Wisconsin. And uh, apparently, Coulson is from the town that they're that Cal is going to. Um, meanwhile, Cal and crew are at this diner, and he is telling them how he blames Shield for taking his daughter, for taking Sky, and he breaks his mug in anger as he's talking about this, and everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> and he mentions that he experimented on himself to make him stronger, but it kind of caused him to be a little unstable. <laughs> um back at the playground, Andrew is talking to Sky, and he just reads her. She's using humor and sarcasm to avoid talking about what is actually going on. And he's like, look, your abilities were triggered by pain and you have to deal with that um, if you want to move on. And the room starts shaking and he's like, really? And she's like, it's not me. And apparently May is on the bus piling it, taking it off <laughs> because Coulson needs backup and she didn't want to disturb Andrew and Sky when they were in a session and Andrew is not happy. <laughs> And it's kind of hilarious. Um, <laughs> so uh, in Wisconsin, they're at this football field, Cal and crew, and um, Angar goes out onto the football field and he screams and he makes all the kids that are hanging out in the bleachers and all the birds that are flying by pass out. So everyone's like asleep on the field and like Cal and the rest of the team like have these like noise canceling headphones on. They were fully prepared for this. Lord. Um, so at the safe house, Hunter is like trying to break out of his handcuffs, but Mac shows up with pizza and beer. And he's like, Do you remember the first time we met? And he like paints this really like nice picture of their the beginning of their friendship. And Hunter's like, Look, I remember that very differently. I remember that uh that was uh undercover, and I didn't know that because I wasn't shield. So all I remember is lies. <laughs> Like still. Oh, oh, also, I think all those birds died because the, he made them pass out while they were mid-flight. So they all oh, no. they all hit the ground. So I think they're all they're all dead. That's really sad, right? Though, like, like cause, I was just thinking they were unconscious. No, I think the humans, I think, were. <laughs> but if they all fell asleep because they were like they were they weren't just like sort of in the sky, like they were high up in the they sky. Were like, and they just like yeah. plummeted to the earth and scattered around the field. And just when you said it that way, I'm like, did they just fall asleep? And I'm like, yeah, I think they did, but I think they're still dead. Like, it's pretty. Oh, it's grim. It's it's like a it's a scary moment. And the guy looks really like sad. very demonic when he's doing a scream. Like his jaw unhinges, oh, yeah. and it's all it's all like CGI for sure. It's not their uh, their best work. <laughs> it's not, not a budget yeah. breaker. It's not their worst, <laughs> but it's not their best. 
<laughs> no. Oh, that makes me sad. I hear I was thinking that the birds were just asleep. <laughs> I'm sorry to ruin it. I made it worse for everyone. <laughs> um so back on the bus andrew is very unhappy with the situation he's like look our lack of communication while we were married was not okay and now it's still not okay (laughs) and he just found out those birds were dead and not sleeping (laughs) (laughs) he's very upset he's so upset um and they're talking about like he's like what are we supposed to do and may's like exactly what you do if you were on base just like stay out of the way stay on the bus like you'll be fine and sky's like no i want to be on this mission and everyone's like i think that's a bad idea and sky's like my crazy ass father will react to me being there and he doesn't know that i've changed um so why don't we tell him (laughs) and this this is not going to be a good idea (laughs) um so in Wisconsin, Cal is playing sports announcer and he is so out of his mind. He's like narrating this like shield versus gifted. Wait, 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 he calls and, them the shield eagles and like, he calls them the slicing talons. But he also is like looking yeah, around yeah. before he makes up their team name and is like, and yeah. is, like pretty satisfied with it. He's like, like 50%. He's like, hmm, yeah. Like, oh. okay. but it's very weird. It's some great Kyle. <laughs> McLaughlin insanity, but it's very weird. Oh God, I love Kyle McLaughlin in this role. He does such a good job. <laughs> um, and so apparently Colson's dad taught history and coached football at this high school, but he died when Colson was nine, so he doesn't really remember a lot. Um, and Cal is still going on on the microphone, and Colson's not coming out, and so he decides to use the kids with their futures ahead of them to get Coulson to come out. And it works, of course, because Coulson is Coulson. Um, And so he meets him out on the field and he's like, S.H.I.E.L.D. has committed crimes against exceptional humanity. Um, And he's like, you know, all the other um, gifted people are like in different spots on the field and Coulson's kind of looking at them and he's like, oh, fuck. And and May just just shows up with Sky and she has a gun to her head and she's like, look, I don't want to kill her, but I will <laughs> if you don't let all these people go. And it's like, whoa. Um, and Cal is like not buying it. He keeps trying to talk to Sky and May's like, don't talk to her, talk to me. Like, and Sky's just quiet. And just as Cal is about to have Angar yell again to like knock everyone out or kill everyone and more birds, um, <laughs> like Gordon shows up and takes Cal yeah, away. But, but right before Gordon teleports in, surrounding uh cal is a like uh dome of what appears to be maybe crackling blue electricity which is a hint a hint for yeah. something, something to come very Ooh, short there i, I think i think, think someone that. else was off screen <laughs> interesting um i didn't even think about that that's good but yeah so cal gets carried away with gordon and may goes to take out I believe his name is Francis. Yes, the yeah, mob uh, guy. Francis Noche, I believe. Was that, was, okay, uh, thank you. <laughs> he's super strong. He's Francis he's Noche. super strong. He took an experimental steroid, became super strong. They 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 also yeah. they they explicitly state that he's dumb. And and when they yeah. do, Bobby says God doesn't give with both hands. And I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like like literally we have there's very few 
uh, Latino characters at this point on the show are Latinx characters, and then this character is introduced as a dumb, super strong mob guy. It's like it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, they do remedy not that great. pretty soon, but it's like with with a, with a permanent Lord. cast member. But it's just like, come on, uh, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. he's, he, he has no <laughs> comics connection, so that's as much as I'll cover. <laughs> Francis Noche. <laughs> Francis Surprisingly, no of course. I mean, to be that's fair, his name. he could have been Frankie Knight. It could have easily been a mob enforcer. <laughs> there's a group of there's a group. Yeah, he could have been like an Italian dude or something. There's a group uh, of Spider-Man villains called the Enforcers that include people like named Ox and the Snake and uh, like Snake Marston and Ox something or other, and one guy's like like uh, Montana, I believe, whose weapon of choice is a lasso. <laughs> like none of oh, none God. of it is out of bounds. <laughs> Nothing is as stupid as you could as as there's no limit. There's there's no upper limit on stupid or silly in comic book derived stuff. So I feel like it's interesting to see the stuff that is unique to the to the show, but is like meant to go hand in hand <laughs> with that. Because there's, yeah. I'll, I'll get into a little more of that shortly. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, so May goes and fights with Francie, Frankie, no- Frankie Knight, <laughs> Francis Noche. Um, Bobby goes after Carla, um, and Coulson gets the rest the, of them. gets Angar, yeah, Angar, and the other the the hacker dude, and which I can't remember his name right now. Um, and Andrew is like what, like he May's like take Sky and go, and so Andrew's like. Tr- leading sky off the field but he turns around he's like watching may because she's getting her ass handed to her i mean like they're pretty evenly matched in as far as strength and combat goes um there's a long fight and uh sky starts shaking everything and everyone just stops and like watches her and um she manages to stop her shaking, but her hands and arms immediately bruise up and she passes out. And then it shows her like coming <sighs> to and and it's it's like yeah. it was a good good like uh scary moment as a viewer for sure. It was. Yeah. We're like, what just happened? Um so yeah, she's on the bus and she she's like coming to, she's waking up and her arms are in these braces. And Simmons mentions that she has more than 75 hairline fractures from her collarbones down her arms. Um, and she made these bracers to help contain the damage um, so it wouldn't do that anymore. And and Sky didn't stop the shaking. She just directed it inward, which is a big metaphor for <laughs> uh, trauma and emotional pain and all kinds of things. Ugh, good Lord. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, Simmons and Colson go to his office and Simmons is talking to Colson about how gifted isn't a sufficient um, description anymore because um, people like Mike Peterson are uh, they got their gifts like their gifts are man-made like it's the but Raina and Sky were born this way and it's just something activated it so it's different Um and it's interesting, like, is Simmons finally coming around? Like, she's seeing the seems nuances like, in really this? It really does seem and... like she's starting to, you know? like, Yeah. It's interesting. And then Coulson says something that seems like he is not coming around anymore. He wants her working on a way to stop these gifted people, and he wants to keep it between them. Uh, so... <laughs> 
So um, May and Andrew are talking, and Andrew thinks Sky should leave Shield. It's just too much for her right now. And May is like, "No, we're the only family she has. She needs us. She's safe with us." And Andrew mentions Bahrain, and he's like, "Really? You of all people think Sky should stay after Bahrain?" And it's like, "Oh, are we going to find out more about that?" Um, so uh mac has taken hunter um to this other location and he's like look we're gonna let you in on on what we've been doing and we work with the organization that we work for and hunter's like who do you work for and mac says the real shield and there's like a banner with like the shield eagle on uh the wall in the back like what the fuck (laughs) Uh, if i didn't realize that this was coming i would be like Oh my God, this is so crazy. I don't even remember what my reaction was when I first watched this, but I'm sure it was pretty similar to what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, I had a vague idea of what it was because of like how I was a year ahead of it yeah. watching it. And so I like was exposed to just a little bit of like promotion or whatever, but still, still yeah. weird. <laughs> still weird. Still crazy. Uh, so the very end scene is Cal is in the same room that Gordon was in um, a, a couple decades ago, and all the furniture is destroyed, and, and Cal is just sitting on the floor looking dejected. And Gordon walks in. He's like, are you done uh, ruining everything? And he mentions that Cal is making too much noise. And Cal is like, you know, tries to be like, I'm one of you. And Gordon is like, you are not one of us you are a science experiment and Cal's like well what's going to happen to me what are you going to do with me and Gordon's like it's not up to me and he leads him out of the room and that's the episode (laughs) all right let's talk let's do spoiler section time (laughs) 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 on that note (laughs) no problem okay should I first go into the comic connections let's talk about um Coulson and Simmons real quick oh yeah yeah that is oh okay yeah so it's like Simmons is the next person to take the step in the right direction. We like, like, like we have yeah. Fitz and then May, May and then Simmons. Like they're each they're each taking a small step like towards like everybody being pro, uh, you know, uh, who will be Daisy, yeah, <laughs> yeah Sky, yeah. and be advocating at least treating these people like humans if nothing else. And uh, yeah, now Coulson is like regressing or revealing that he's like been looking at her differently. And I don't know, like. We know where it ends, but still, it's a gross feeling. It is. It was really upsetting when he said that. <laughs> like, why? I mean, I under maybe understand for like the more, the more like the prisoners that are being released. Like, well, and I even understand it from like a less um. There's the way it's the way with the, combined with like the framing and music and how it's like ominous. <laughs> yes. Because even with, with the way the story was just presented, maybe get rid of her powers because they're going to break all her bones or whatever. You know? Yeah. It's like her all of her arms have seventy five you know hairline fractures across her, her her arms from this vibrations and their her forearms are covered in bruises. It's like maybe it's to protect her. Yeah. Like. It's hard because we don't we know he's not a bad dude, but it's, it's still it's gross when it falls into like shit that sounds like eugenics, you know? Yeah, Ugh, it's just very upsetting. Um, and I don't remember how this resolves like in the way. So we'll we'll t- we'll find well, out. Soon. He ends up with a cybernetic arm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially becoming gifted in some way. Yeah. And Max got to <laughs> cut off his arm to stop the stone thing from spreading. That's oh, all. I, that's God. all I remember. <laughs> from, from, from being uh, from in the same shit that happens to trip. 
Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Um, also, real quick, let's talk about me and Andrew because their relationship is really sweet, but it's also like very clear by the end of this episode, there's a reason they're not together anymore. And Andrew still feels very strongly about like S.H.I.E.L.D. and how S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't changed. Like it's still the same. Well, and just um, the way she conducts herself, like the silence, yeah. the lack of, of communicating things and, and yeah. like, not independence, but I think independence expressed in the way it is where it's like almost like angry or reactive or reactionary. And I, th- yeah. and I think that that's because of where she is right now. She's protective shield. Like I don't think he's giving her enough credit that shield felt the Hydra a year before, you know? Yeah. Like, I like, don't think so either. Like, he needs to f- give her a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think like, I not like say like, Oh, they should work things out. He should dump his new partner or whatever, but yeah. at least be a little less hard on her. Like, like, especially like leaving in the middle of a session that didn't impact that didn't ruin anything like, yeah like, 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 <laughs> he they already are you know working with his terms like, like they respect him this wasn't yeah. her being a, a, a douche to him like like that was just him bringing up old shit because he's not over shit yeah absolutely i mean i totally understand because i've totally been in that situation where it's like something's bothered me for a long time oh, no. in a relationship, and, and you know you're like free to say it sort of where they're where it's yeah. okay because you guys do get along what, 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 what like he's he's able to say it in a way where it's not going to mess anything up yeah so i know yeah. I, 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 I can appreciate that too but but at the same time it's like it's hard yeah, to be like you need to get over you, you need to move on and 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 fix the, the shit that you know, messed up our relationship then and mess, messed up all your relationships now. Not me. I've moved on. I'm just bringing up shit that isn't even relevant. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. Well, and also he asks her if she's seeing anyone and she's like, no, I can't multitask. That's when bad things happen. And he's like, oh, interesting. Like, it's very obvious that she felt that their relationship was multitasking before. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a reason why she had to end it because she couldn't focus on her job <laughs> like properly. Um, and she mentions that Andrew had a frame on his desk and apparently this Andrew has moved on and this is his new significant other. Um, Which then he, and he mentions he, yeah, he refers to later on and confirms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know. I, I feel bad for May. Like Andrew's a really good guy and he, he very clearly cares about May still, but there's just a lot of baggage there. And I mean, we get to see them work some shit out in a very twisted way <laughs> coming up. <laughs> um, God, yeah. we'll leave that for another episode. <laughs> yeah. That, that'll, that'll come up. Uh, I mean, it sort of relates just because, um, it's one of the comic characters, but I won't mention all the details until later on. Yeah. But, I mean, if you've seen the show, yeah. you know who he becomes. Um, it's just, it's really sad. But uh, Blair Underwood, um, he was, well, he doesn't have any Mother Marvel credits. He was, uh, he was Black Lightning for the DC Nation shorts there on Cartoon Network uh, several years ago. Ooh. They were really great. Like those ones in particular were like beautifully illustrated with this really uh, kind of unique cool uh, uh cartoon style and they were a uh, traditional 2d animation it was uh, him and his daughters when they're kids bs uh, black lightning has super ta- super powered daughters thunder and lightning and so yeah. it's him with like a tween and like like a young girl uh, daughter and you know like navigating being a, a semi-retired superhero and being a dad while fighting like his villains in these like little shorts Aww. and I, I highly recommend them just in general they're really high quality shorts but uh, th- those were some really good ones. And he, uh, again, while not a Marvel or uh, or even a comic book thing, 
he was in uh, he was recurring in the new adventures of old christine with the vice president and uh, agent colson <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> Oh, Colson needs to do some comedy again. He's really good at it. Colson. Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg <laughs> needs to do some comedy again after after this. Um, so should uh, I get to the two weird comic connections? Uh, so, yes. So, so the uh, other <laughs> guys in the crew, other than Frankie Noche, uh, one of them is not a comic <laughs> character. Wendell Levi, who's the hacker you referred to, is like a brilliant hacker. And to me, he looks like a cross between like DJ Qualls and Miguel Ferrer and and, uh, and Michael Emerson, you know the the dude who was uh, on Person of Interest and Lost, the little skinny Weasley dude. Yeah, yes. like he he. I feel like he looks like basically like what if you blended all three of those guys together and made him into a Nazi scientist? That's what this guy looks like. He's like this like gaunt, skinny, <laughs> like he's yeah. balding and ha- just the way they have him with his like five o'clock shadow and his big glasses and his hair must like he's, he looks like. Oh yeah, no, that guy made shit for the Unabomber. <laughs> they, they're yeah. pen pals. Like, like the way they have him dressed up. No offense to the dude as an actual human. I'm sure he can clean up nice and look great in a suit or whatever. But like as as is, they do a good job of making Wendell Levi look like creep. Uh, and the rest of the team are from the comics, sort of. One of them is flat out from the comics. But the one I'll mention first is Carla Faye Gideon. Carla Faye Gideon, I believe, has one comic book appearance. No, oh, sorry, five. Five comic book appearances in a comic book series called Daredevil Redemption. The, uh, for the first appearance of her in the first issue of is uh, cover dated as April of 2005. And she's created by uh, David Hine and artist Michael Gatos. And she is contacted by Matt Murdock to ask about another person. Uh, she was abused by her husband and... Uh, and he ended up going on to trial for murder and she's saved from her abusive husband by daredevil in this story. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of similar to her story. In yeah. I mean, at least it, ha- it does share, you know, the name and the abusive husband aspect, but ever, instead of being saved by daredevil, <laughs> she is. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. That's not, not exactly what happens in this <laughs> for obvious reasons. I mean, there's no daredevil to start, but and this Carla Faye Gideon uh, yeah. was an abused nurse, and she ends up uh, surgically altering herself to put, uh, what do you call it, um, scalpel blades, uh, replacing her fingernails so she can, like, per- permanently, which is kind of nuts. But, uh, yeah, so she's, like, a vengeance-fueled person. And, like, they mm-hmm. even they offer some empathy for her, but then Coulson's like, I would have a bit more empathy for her if she didn't kill people other than her husband. <laughs> like, basically, like, he's like, I'm all for that revenge. Yeah. And, like, she just tried <laughs> killing people. So, uh, she's yeah. played by Drea DiMatteo, who, um, whoa, he, she was in Kyle, uh, in Desperate Housewives opposite Kyle McLaughlin for an arc. So, she's worked with him before with, uh, with oh, our yeah. Calvin cow and uh she <laughs> was i think a common law married to or with shooter jennings the uh the, the uh what hmm. is it like not not country exactly what would how would you describe oh uh, like i think country folk uh, i don't know but billy really likes shooter jennings i should know this <laughs> oh outlaw country is, is his oh. subgenre oh my his, god his subgenre. <laughs> yeah yeah but he was in uh he was in Punisher as himself. 
And so she oh, is, yeah. uh, I think they were together and have a couple kids together. So she's sort of connected to Marvel Universe uh, and previously connected to Cal, <laughs> which is interestingly interesting enough. And she was like, what? Uh, she was on Joey, which I didn't really like, <laughs> the, starring Matt LeBlanc, mm-hmm. but which would ran a couple seasons. And uh, I think most people I would would I know I think would think of her probably primarily from The Sopranos. She did a long long arc on like the first several seasons of Sopranos. It was really mm-hmm. good. Uh, so this other character, David Angar has a long storied history in Marvel comics. Uh, David Angar's <laughs> first appearance was in daredevil number 100 in 1973. And he's created by Steve Gerber and Gene Colan. And he's from San Francisco and he's San Francisco hippie. And uh, <laughs> he was mutated okay. to have uh, superpowers, but he was, a, he was an activist and he used these superpowers to uh, cause people to have hallucinations with his scream. He didn't knock people out. They had crazy hallucinations. Most of them were like terrifying, like Scarecrow style, but he had no control over them. They were just whatever the person happened to hallucinate. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Usually they were uh, kind of depicted that way. He ended up teaming up after having like a long standard, like totally crazy ass history of working with different Marvel villains, fighting different Marvel heroes. He ended up teaming up with another uh, vocally powered supervillain, a villainess named Screaming Mimi. And she ends up becoming a hero called Songbird. Uh, Her real name is Melissa Gold, and she's a a longtime member of the heroes, the Thunderbolts, who I mentioned recently when I talked about uh, Baron Zemo and and, uh, Baroness Zemo. And so they were like super villains who posed as heroes and some of them were seduced by being good and actually became, became heroic, became like legitimate good guys, turned themselves in and uh, however their arc went became legitimate heroes. Songbird has been a member of the Avengers and uh, a shield agent uh, over time in the comics. So uh, David, David Angar was her boyfriend and her partner and her, and someone she really, really cared about. And he is murdered and, uh, this before she becomes uh, Songbird, and uh, he he's after being mur- mur- murdered while robbing a bank with Mimi. His body's recovered by Baron Zemo by these bad guys and experimented on, and it's transformed. And eventually, he uh, is turned into his corpse is reanimated in a way, but he's turned into a living scream that was named, I believe, Scream, uh, and. <laughs> So he was like a uh, a living pink sound wave, like that people could see, and was just this giant sound monster, and eventually appeared to Songbird in a form that more closely resembled his uh, human form, like begging her to kill him. So she absorbed him into her sonic harness that she used for her powers, and then destroyed that version of it so that he would finally be released and dead and have peace. And then after uh, Secret War, which I think I've mentioned before, has just brought people randomly back from the dead. He's back with no explanation. So, uh, <laughs> and what's coolest about this character is his visual because he just looks like what someone who made comics in the seventies thought a crazy activist would look like. So he has like a fringe vest. He wears like a blue vest with like fringe all over it and uh, like bright orange tight pants and uh matching blue fringe boots and has like a big handlebar mustache, which you know, I like and long Mm -hmm. hair and a headband and like, and a bunch of like big necklaces, no shirt under the vest. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So he just looks like basically like, like he was rejected from the village people. (laughs) And (laughs) and, uh, yeah, he's played on the screen by Jeff Daniel Phillips, 
who is one of our multiple hero and multiple Marvel character guys because he plays Fade on uh, The Gifted, where he plays a Marvel mutant who can uh, make things invisible. Interesting. Yeah, but that would be our two legit comic <laughs> connections. I love how he just, it just comes back from the dead yeah no sometimes like those those Twice. those are my favorite where there's literally no explanation where it's just like and somebody got bored wanted that character to come back and didn't care that he was dead and just wrote him in and nobody told him no so now they're back nobody told that happens him no. so often in comics like and, and like sometimes someone eventually will be like oh i'll explain that story they do some story or explains how it happened and other times nope no explanation necessary they're just back from the dead. Oh, man. And like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like right now, like in the X-Men comic books, it's filled with people who've just come back from the dead. Like, like, like it's being led by Wolverine and Cyclops who've been dead for years in the comics. And now they're back. It's like. Uh, <laughs> comics are so weird. They are. It's like the characters. If you. If, if, if you and a friend are both been dead for years and came back, you wouldn't automatically gravitate towards each other. <laughs> it, it, it's it's it only it works as a as a comic book concept. It's like I'm going to start the new version of of the new arc of Uncanny X Men is going to be Wolverine and Cyclops are rebuilding the X Men together, and they, you know they're both the ones that come back and be like, oh, everyone else is gone now. Blah blah. It's like like did, did were they watching? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did they were they like, oh hey, he was gone too. Oh, we should we should hook up when we come back. It would shock God. people because we always didn't get along that great. <laughs> It'd be like an odd couple thing. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, and literally, it's like this follows hot off the heels of a big thing at the end of what twenty seventeen, I think, where it was the resurrection of Jean Grey, who had been dead for like ten years in the comics or more. So, like, literally, they just keep bringing dead people back. <laughs> you know, they'll ne- they'll never stop. Like, like as long as and I I don't know. I understand why people don't like it because it does like take away gravitas. But for one, we have Colson back. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> we would not blink for a, for a second if we could get Trip back. <laughs> We'd be so happy. Oh, like, like, like it's that's one of the benefits of these kinds of fiction. Like, yes, it does take away some of that weight. It's not real. Like, it doesn't have the same weight as real life. <laughs> like, it doesn't need to be real to have to elicit real emotions and real feelings from us. And yeah, like. It can't knowing Batman the way I do, you know, or the way anyone does at this point, you know, because of how long it's existed. There is no way to convince us it's he's dead, <laughs> you know, because it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like, like like Bruce Wayne can could die at the end of every Batman franchise, but we know they're going to bring him back in the next one. Yeah, <laughs> and and even if they replace him, it's like it doesn't. They don't preclude anything. It's like. I hope Miles lasts forever. I hope Miles, la- Miles Morales lasts as long as Peter Parker does forever, but that doesn't mean that Peter's going to go away probably. Like yeah. I think they can coexist. And I think that's one of the cool things as well about it. Like it's a very interesting world and there, there, there would be some value to being able to, to kill them off, but that's just like the danger of, uh, of super popular fiction and franchise fiction for mm-hmm. one. But like even even not thinking of them as not being owned by humans and they're by their creators, but by corporations, even just thinking about them as being like hu- hugely popular, that happened with uh with Sherlock Holmes. 
Yeah. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle killed them off and he got hate mail. He got nonstop <laughs> hate mail and and was just like, fucking fine, I'll bring him back. And like he already like, like he immediately wrote another story with Sherlock Holmes, even though he wanted to be done with it, but it just took place before and they're like, That's not good enough. <laughs> like, we want him we want to know he's okay. Like, I don't uh, you can't just give me more Colson. I gotta know Colson's fucking not dead. Yeah. Like, Oh my god. It just makes me think of like um Infinity War because I know a lot of people were upset because the Spider-Man movie was announced and it's very clear that that happens after Right. Between between that yeah. and Black Black Panther 2, yeah, like, like some of that shit's not as effective in that on that level. Yeah, but I know a lot of people were just like, well, their deaths or their, you know, their ashing has no meaning and I'm like, no, that's absolutely not true. Like the trauma of them being gone for the people, like fucking Okoye, like was so distraught. Like that's not going away. Like all of that, like emotional pain that, and like Steve and Bucky, like that's Rocket and Groot. Like just because they're coming back doesn't take away from that traumatizing experience no, of seeing them disappear in front of their eyes. Yeah, I definitely do know. I, I do get like the argument maybe that like for an audience member that it's different when you do know and you're thinking about it or whatever. And I get that like I because of my familiarity with comic books, I can't separate the fact that I know that just in general, superhero and comic book character deaths aren't permanent to a ridiculous yeah. degree. So it's I, I don't have I'm never I'm never going to be gutted the way that someone who isn't super who hasn't seen like in 17 different times where the issue is ended, it's like, is Nightcrawler dead? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he has died a couple times and come back, but like most of the time he didn't even really die. <laughs> it just, it just faked you out guys. He teleports. Come on. Of yeah. course it was going to be a fake out, but like it, there's so many times that happens and it's just like, I don't, I'm not going to hold that against the genre, you know, like, and there's other stuff that does it too. It brings yeah. people back. Like, God damn. I don't know if anyone, any of our listeners has ever seen the vampire diaries. I, I didn't finish it because it gets like just any show like that, that lasts that long has a cast that big gets a, it, it's like comics. Like it gets to be kind of impenetrable. I think. Yeah. Very, very hard to get into, but I, I very much enjoyed the first several seasons, even though I wanted to be like CW vampire. You know, like, <laughs> like, Oh, I think so guys. I ended up watching. It, I really liked it, but eventually they just start bringing people back from the dead like so much <laughs> and like because i think it is it does take care like shield and like the mcu like to actually create a cohesive universe with consequences even though yeah. people come back from the dead like like they literally like there's a, a character who he has a ring that he's a totally normal human but it, but it brings him back from the dead but every time like it fucks him up worse and worse yeah. and like and it's like it makes like, because there are consequences because they acknowledge like we're totally just bringing people back from the dead. like we need to do something with <laughs> yeah. this like it's it's easier to swallow yeah. and i don't i feel like that no matter how they do it whether it's the people are restored from the soul gym or they end up going back in time no matter how it's changed some characters are going to be affected by it permanently some characters yeah. will continue on and we as viewers will have gone through it so that's all that really matters it's like i don't know i feel like comparing that to like game of thrones which are you caught up i i am okay. so game of thrones spoiler section time guys yeah like <laughs> The fact that Jon Snow was brought back and it seems to have very little bearing on like his psyche and like what's going on around him. Like 
there's no consequences for him having died, as, uh, you know, or there's just very short lived consequences, like with the but people that's true. that killed it's... him. And it's that was frustrating to me because I'm like, no, like you can't, like I've been watching Shield for how many years? You can't just do that. <laughs> I will give it credit for like because of the fast pace with which they've been since they've brought him back. Like I get that, like he doesn't have a lot of time to process it or talk about it or whatever. But at the same time, I would feel like really disappointed if they didn't have something in the final season that like hinted at him having some kind of cost, some sort of weight on his soul, some sort of, you know, difficulty with, with, with the knowledge or, or of whatever, you know, void there is after their, you know, you know, existence. Like, like, I don't know. I want, I want to show him being rocked somehow. Yeah, for sure. Well, I heard someone, describe okay. it recently some comedian was asked to describe game of thrones who'd never seen it before <laughs> like just based on <laughs> trailers and stuff i'm thinking it's like what like knights and horses and whatnot and magic and dragons and beheadings and i'm like no you got it <laughs> like, they're, they're talking to it's like that's that's pretty accurate yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um it's just interesting because there's another character in game of thrones called beric dondarian who um was brought back like essentially by the same means like from the lord of light or whatever and then yeah yeah um, i do remember that and i remember there i can't remember if it was in the show or the books um that he described a very distinct um consequence of being brought back every time he's brought back he feels a little less connected to the world or something that's like true that. but i also wonder if um and I, I, like this is partially i think maybe just a little bit of uh yeah, I apologize. A little bit of devil's advocate in this, but I think I also think partially just like trying to think about because I was already thinking about that character as well. Mm-hmm. But is it possible that like it, it is as you say, it's worse every time? So that first time is fine, is the le- it's, or it's just the least impact to be felt. Yeah. So like like not to say that you wouldn't notice it, but maybe you wouldn't notice it at first. Maybe you'd be so happy to be alive or whatever. Like you're not thinking about how you're less yourself. Yeah. Than like each individual you know, percent that you take off of your humanity, like eventually like it starts to have a, have a toll that is undeniable or you can't repress. Cause just thinking about how like normal trauma, people do react differently and some people put on a brave face and don't let anyone see, you know? Like, yeah. And, and John wall, while I think a very noble hearted character is also super like childish in a lot of ways, yeah. like, you know, but, but, yeah. like, I, I love the guy, but he, he doesn't, have a whole lot of like realistic <laughs> expectations <laughs> for the world. Yeah. And he's a little too, too pie in the sky maybe. And uh, I don't know. I could see him just being like, I can't let anyone know I have darkness in me. Yeah. Like, Cause who is he? If he has darkness in him. Yeah. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yeah. Un- unflappable. <laughs> uh, uh, I always do the right thing. Cause my daddy told me to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an honorable Stark boy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They finally made me one, maybe. <laughs> sort of. Man, oh man, I heard someone recently mocking nerd, nerd arguing, arguing, and it made me think of something. But then I was like, wait, no, wait, wait, no, 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 it's not actually a problem. They were like, if he were a Targaryen, he would be indestructible to fire, and you'd have already discovered that by now. But I'm like, that's not true. Like, they aren't all indestructible to fire. Her rapist <laughs> brother wasn't, or like yeah. the melty gold would have, would have been, he had a melty gold hat. He would have been fine. <laughs> God. Right? Like, like, like it's unique true. to her situation as the mother of dragons. Like, yeah. like it's prophesized <laughs> shit. 
<laughs> Either way, so, oh, again, spoiler Lord. alert, that dude did just have sex with his aunt, and that's gross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As a guy who grew up uh, loving Michael J. Fox movies, I've seen The Secret of My Success. I walked out of that theater at eight and I've heard, I, I can't remember, or no, no, like seven. And I've heard enough from my brothers and my parents that I would like more than once walking out of there, I, I repeated to myself or to my brothers, he sexed his aunt. Like, can you, you were, believe it? Like, that is so gross. Like, you were so like, disturbed. Like, well, no, it was, it, yeah. It leaves a mark. So oh get ready, John Snow. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not traumatized from being brought back from the dead, you're going to be traumatized from this. <laughs> oh my God. I want, I want the, I want the uh, red witch or whatever. I want her to lay that knowledge down on him. Yeah. Like, for the, like, like, don't get me wrong. She's a twisted character, but sort of for the way John was dismissive of her, I'd be pretty hilarious for her to be like, Oh, by the way, just so you know, <laughs> In addition to, you're going to still have to deal with the fact that you came back from the dead. That's not as easy as you think it is, but also, you just fucked your aunt. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out. Game of Thrones, come back. Oh, when this is aired, uh, I think it'll have, uh, when we we post this, it'll have just come back either one or two weeks before. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be right back into it. <laughs> oh, good lord. This this scene will hopefully have already happened. (laughs) Or he finds out. He has the weirdest intervention ever. (laughs) I like how we've talked about Sabrina and (laughs) And Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. What else did we talk about? Something else in the beginning. I can't remember now. (laughs) Something else pop culture though. Oh, uh, Westworld. Yeah, Westworld and now Game of Thrones. This is just Didn't Sam figure it out at the end too in his like library in his maester school? Yeah, and Sam. Like, that, that 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 has to be the intervention. It has to be like Sam running up out of breath <laughs> with it with a scroll, just like John. No, don't. I heard you. Oh no! <laughs> like, and they're both like in their robes. Like, just like oh, damn. I'm too late. <laughs> oh, I think I think I just realized why I love him so much because he's basically just Winnie the Pooh. He <laughs> is. Like, like he's so good. He's so sweet and earnest and good. Like oh he's God. who John is pretending to be, like the unflappable good guy. Yeah. He's just in the body of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> um he the actor who plays him, John Bradley West, he's not active on Twitter anymore, but when he used to be, oh my God, he was a hoot to follow. He was so <laughs> hilarious. He would have these like long threads, like these existential like <laughs> conversations with himself. And then he would talk about just like random shit. He's great. He's so funny. I, I love that character and that actor so much. <laughs> That's another one we were talking about, like the family aspect. Like you, you, you see the way those people get along, and like the fact that you know Jon Snow and Agreed are actually together. Or I think I just read um, uh, yesterday that at her wedding, that Sophie Turner had Arya. What's her name? Uh, Maisie. Oh, Maisie Will. Yeah, Maisie Williams. Yeah, as as her maid of honor. Oh, I love. And that. it's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> that's not that's not fake. You know, <laughs> they didn't. She didn't go through that for. You know, HBO didn't pay for their wedding. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so. my God. I saw something in on Twitter the other day that they were uh some journalist was asking her husband some questions who I mean he's a celebrity in his own right and they called him Mr. Turner. 
Oh, that's awesome. I think that's fantastic. I do too. I love it. But that's great. Like I'm like odds are she's taller than him and yeah. like, like like that's I heard someone uh making fun of, the, of that as well. Like just how funny the reunion scene between her and Jon Snow was. <laughs> so just know, like, like, like he was just like Santa, have you have you been? Yeah. <laughs> like looking up at her. <laughs> like, oh my god. But no, like it's cool that that they're, you know, actual friends that like, but when you think about it, it makes sense that they grew up together. Yeah. You know, and like, that's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you guys are hip to the thing called Game of Thrones, it's sorry. Just, just now getting big yeah. <laughs> for the final season. You might, you might want to start watching. So you have some idea we were talking about for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. I think we should end that here. <laughs> cool. Before we get too off the rails. <laughs> um, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at I Snow Nothing. And you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. Thank you can you. rate and review, right? Oh, yeah. Know. Rate and review is on iTunes. Uh, we're working on getting on Spotify and Google Play. And I believe we will at least – we should be started on the one or both of those by the time this airs. I'm yeah. Hoping. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you guys for listening to this kind of off-the-rails episode <laughs> about pop culture. Um Damn it, I've messed it up. It's a magical place. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey, it is. It is. It's a magical place. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Bye. the episode apparently he's gonna go meet jaying which might be a little traumatizing for him we might delete that because we don't know she's alive yet oh <laughs> fuck i forgot that that was in the past you, you forget that's it. the second time i've done that it is <laughs> god damn it <sighs>